Hello and welcome to the Retroscripts Fireside Stories Human Libraries. With this podcast, as always, I'm looking to improve connection and storytelling, not only within my immediate community, but worldwide as well. For me, the human journey is made up of so many layers and my job, my purpose is to peel back those layers and get to know who you are underneath it all. So today I am enjoying a green ginger matcha tea with pomegranate and raspberries, and it's actually pretty good. I've never tried this tea bag before, but it's great. My guest today is Teresa. Teresa enjoys coffee, and I know because I talk to her in the mornings often, it's best not to disturb her before she's had that first cup of the day. <laughs> her favorite quote comes from Brent Franklin, and it's, tell me and I will forget, teach me and I will remember, and involve me and I will learn. And that kind of encompasses everything that I know Teresa to be about. Um, Teresa is a tutor who works with parents and caregivers of young children to learn and build new skills while playing. She grew up physically challenged due to a birth defect and had to learn how to navigate the world the way able-bodied people do because that's who she was surrounded by. So Teresa, before we dive into your story of overcoming challenges, I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and what you do. You summed it up perfectly, and I, if I could, I would, I would steal that intro for all of my platforms as well, because you do it better than I do. Um, but yeah, you summed me up in a nutshell. I taught preschool for 14 years. It was the first job that I took straight out of high school. Um, I had actually taken, um, I don't know what they used to call it. But one of those special programs where you could get extra credit for doing a work type experience. And mine happened to be working with kids and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and in the course of doing that, I built these ideas of how kids were being taught and how I believe that kids should be taught. And there was a big gap in the middle, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yes. Um, and part of that gap comes from, yes, like you said, the way that I grew up, I grew up physically challenged in a family where I was the only one who was and had to learn to navigate things that get thrown at you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that itself became the core of how I taught of instilling kids with the mindset and the skill set that they need to be willing to do that, to be willing to push back up against those challenges versus running in the opposite direction. I love that. Like we've talked spoken before, obviously, yes. but I just love that you kind of teach kids not to run from their problems, to face them in a safe and appropriate way but you do it through play. And I'm like, that's such a genius idea because they're more likely to remember it and come back to those moments, right? So that's awesome. Right, right. And and I, I it's funny because I just talked about this yesterday on my podcast <laughs> where when you offer kids the opportunity to have an experience that they're resistant to, versus facing them with a test or, you know, some sort of um, experience that is intimidating, yeah. they're going to be so much more open to the idea of exploring 
because it's they're in control of the experience exactly and when kids can feel in control they're more willing to take risks yep. so that's that's the core of of what i teach people that's the place that i teach from when i was formerly in the classroom and when i create content for people that's that's the idea that i i start from i think it's amazing i love it love it, love it, love it. it's exciting i can't wait till freya she's 18 months now but i'm like oh all these ideas that Teresa has i just can't wait to like start using them and have you like talk to her oh it's gonna be awesome it is She's not too young. I know. Well, it's funny you're talking about um, letting them have the experience and wanting to do it. She loves cleaning. And so we've kind of worked that into her playtime. Cleaning is playtime and she loves it. So it's awesome. You know, it's funny because we've kind of gotten away from reinforcing stereotypical role play. And I get that, you know, everybody should be allowed and encouraged to do everything, mm -hmm. but the concepts that kids can experience through something like make-believe play or house play or, you know, whatever word you want to put on it allows them to do exactly that. It teaches them responsibility ability it teaches them it gives them the opportunity to have an experience where they realize oh i can do this by myself it's, yeah. mom doesn't need to help me clean up my mess i'll do it all by myself it's amazing yeah you feel so, empowered by it too right like yes absolutely i fully encourage house play yeah. fully encourage it baby dolls, dishes, cooking, all of it. Just let them do it. Well, in my mind, you live here. You're going to help out too. Uh, and you're not too young in my mind. She has her own like little towels and stuff. So when she spills her drink or spills her milk or whatever, we don't say anything. She gets up, gets her towel, cleans it up and then sits back down. And I'm like, no. wow, like she's already got that. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. I would love to be a fly on that wall. I'll have my camera ready next time and I'll just film it for you and send it over. <laughs> that, would, yeah, that would actually make my day to be perfectly honest. I love it. So let's get into talking about challenges and overcoming them. Yes, the story of my life. Yes. <laughs> um. I, you know, it, it's a, almost a difficult thing for me to kind of dive into because I just don't know where to begin. It is the way I look at the world. Um, I'm always looking for the solution. You know, I, I I can, if you want me to start with an example that yeah. might get the conversation rolling. This is something that you and I, because we know each other personally, um, talked about behind the scenes. I had an experience, mm, I think it's been about a month now. I had gone to the store 
and you know you go to the store you do what you got to do whether it's going to buy something or going to make a return whatever you don't think about it you go on autopilot mm -hmm. and I had gone to the store I had parked my car gotten out and headed for the door and lo and behold you couldn't use the door that I had parked closest to so I had to walk all the way around the building now granted we do live in bizarre times right now so I, I just kind of no pun intended rolled with it mm -hmm. and I rolled around the but I was frustrated like why is this door locked like this is ridiculous get into the store and only to find out that they had changed their policy oh, no. you know and, and I had to bring it to the person's attention who was in charge of this policy what a barrier that created and what a difficulty that created and you were in your wheelchair at this point right I do everything from my wheelchair. Yeah. Yep. Well, I literally had to roll all the way around the building, which to be quite honest with you is no different than you walking all the way around the building. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's equal. It, it's, it's the same effort, but it was the idea that these doors were locked yep. with no warning. You know, yeah, there was no, there was no warning that, Hey, don't park over here, go park over there. Cause you got to go in over there. Yeah. And one of the things we wanted to, to talk about today was advocating. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went in, did what I needed to do. And I very in my way, brought it to the attention of the people working in this store, how absurd it was that there was no warning that this had been done. And, and there was some other things that had been affected as well, which really got my fire burning. But I had to be the one to say something nope. because nobody else noticed it. It didn't affect anyone else in the way that it affected me. And when I brought it to the person's attention, I could see the light go off of, oh, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. the effect that that was going to have, yeah. you know, and it's, It's that when I was in the classroom and now in, in my everyday life, like I have to be that one. You have to talk up, stand up for yourself for sure. Stand up. It, and, and it's not, it's not just stand up, but it's pull the curtain back. Yeah. It is what it, what it actually is because people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. They don't think about the effect that the things we do and the things we conceptualize have on other people 
I totally understand. And I think a lot of us do that in a lot of different situations, whether it's educational situations or it's public service situations. We say or we do things without thinking about the consequence. Yep. You We're know, reacting. We react quick. Right? Yes. Oh, I am the queen of react. And that is what I did in that situation. But which isn't always the best way either. But it's the skill sets that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel something. And I feel everything. I take everything on. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so I tend to have emotional reactions to things. But yeah, it's so so that is I kind of got off your original question, but that is an example of how how I go through my everyday life. Yep. I almost feel like there's a time though to react. Like I'm yeah. very much like because of my upbringing and stuff, I did hold back, I hold back, but I find if you hold back too much nothing change doesn't happen like nobody realizes that they're offending or nobody realizes these blocks i yeah. mean to me like to hear your story it's inappropriate and i know you say it's equal for me to walk around the corner as it is for you to wheel around the corner but there's barriers that are going to be in your way that i can easily walk around yeah so it's it's to me like in my head it's not equal because you've got these challenges already i have right. arthritis so there are times when i can't walk a long way some right. days i'm able and i can get up and i can run i can box i can do it but other days it's just horrible yeah people don't think about the changing of days and the way you're able like you know what i mean right well and that comes back to one of the things that i weave into the way that i teach also which is empathy yes we desperately lack empathy yeah. nowadays and it shows <laughs> yo does it show <laughs> and if we could carry more empathy in our days in our daily interactions the world would be vastly different because we would then see the world through another's eye Exactly. And how, how can that possibly be a bad thing? I think that would bring us closer together. I mean, oh, that's why goodness. I'm doing this podcast, right? <laughs> like, yes, yes, exactly. And I, I think empathy is one of those things that we overlook mm -hmm. until we're kind of hit in the face with the idea that that's the thing that's needed most exactly. is, is leading with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, um, yeah, I think that that is the best example that I could give is is to tell a story like that. It's interesting in my mind, because I always thought when I was growing up that people felt the same. Like everyone, I think all kids think that people feel the way you feel. They see what you see, like they experience. So you don't really know. But then when you become an adult and you realize some people literally don't have the ability or they don't want to have the ability to see where you're coming from or walk in your shoes. Yep. When I say that, I don't expect everyone to have the same experience. Obviously, it's not possible. I don't oh, expect no. everybody to be limited or to have everything. We're all different. But I think I, I personally hold the expectation 
that before you judge, before you criticize, before you do any of those things, put yourself, push yourself to be in the position in the in your mind of the person that you're speaking to or that you're interacting with. Yep. And, yep. I, like, and I know that you obviously know this. I mean, we were supposed to do this recording a couple of days ago, but I wasn't able to get onto the floor. So we rescheduled and it. In yeah. my mind, that's what how it should be. But I think a lot of people get stuck in their this is my time, this is the way I want it to be, that they're not willing to kind of twist. And it trickles right. down into our children too. They see oh. all this and then they grow up that way. And, yes. oh, they sure. they observe and internalize everything mm -hmm. that goes on around them. The words that are spoken, the actions that are taken, and those that are not. Yes. Because they conceptualize that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kids, kids see and understand all, whether you give them the credit for it or not. So <laughs> that, that is definitely a lesson that I have learned over the years of being in the classroom, for sure. Um, you, you get surprised by what is it that they say out of the mouth? The things that come out of the mouths of babes? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, we talked about this conversation a couple of weeks ago. And that was one of the words that came up for me. And it's the word that has stuck with me. Because mm -hmm. um, we talked about about the way that I grew up and, you know, how I showed up in my younger years, you know, versus how I show up now and the times in between. And the word that stuck with me is advocacy. Yeah. Like we were talking about at, at the beginning, um, because that's what I always did. You know, I always pointed out the things that others overlooked. Yes. One of the things that we joked about was I've, and this is the honest to goodness truth. I've been camping since I was eight months old. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. So <laughs> I have a lot of experience with state parks and, you know, how blessed we are to have the quality state parks that we do in my area and all of that. But that doesn't mean that they don't have shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And again, I was that one who would point out these things that were completely overlooked, you know, because I have always been and will always be the one who does the things that people like me, what I've always heard, shouldn't or couldn't. <laughs> Breaking the rules, so to speak. Doing my own thing. You know, whether it was... <laughs> I grew up the oldest of all of my cousins. I have no actual brothers or sisters. Mm -hmm. but I always felt like I did as a, as a kid because there, there was a group of us who are either two years apart or just a few weeks apart. Okay. 
and so we all we all grew up together um and so i always went along with all of the shenanigans we'll say mm -hmm. that they got into and one of them was spending a lot of time at the beach when we were kids well again my favorite place to camp and and be a part of nature was this state park that had this ginormous hill of sand oh oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fun in a wheelchair i can imagine <laughs> it was more fun on crutches believe it or not <laughs> which when i was younger i used more than i do now okay i actually used my crutches more often than i used my chair oh my goodness <laughs> the stories i could tell the pictures i could show but again it was it, sometimes you just did it because you wanted to get to the beach and you, you deal with the coming back up which was the hard part when you were ready to go back home yeah. you know you, you didn't think about it you just at the beginning thought about the getting to the good part you're a kid yeah yeah so i had to come up with very creative ways to navigate that hill mm -hmm. um which usually endured a lot of rolling back down <laughs> oh my gosh because you lose your step or, or whatever which i wasn't the only one there, there were a lot of people who would walk alongside of us or you know whatever who would lose their footing and slide back it's sand and you're trying to use your feet to truck up something that you shouldn't be able to climb it so it started to occur to me that there had to have been an easier way and why hadn't the people in charge thought of an easier way and so I started to, once again, advocate, bring these things to people's attention, you know, and I, I could go on and on and on for an hour about, you know, all of these different circumstances where that's what I did. I brought these barriers to people's attention. Was it because you had to, like, would your parents have advocated for you? Or is this just in, ingrained in your nature to stand up and say, hey? It was definitely something that was in my nature. Okay. It was actually a very strange thing looking back at it, that the elders in my family at the time were not the ones to point the things out. They just kind of struggled through it um to you know get around it or do something else or you know whatever i was the one who looked at it and went no why shouldn't it change why shouldn't there be an accommodation why shouldn't there be some other way you know, um, I don't know why this is coming to me, but because it, it wasn't one of those situations where I, I spoke up necessarily, but I, I remember, well, this is going to age me, but we used to go to craft shows when I was a kid. Yeah. And I remember going, one, most of them were at these old 
school buildings that had stairs and no elevators. So I would have to be like what I used to call bumped downstairs and then like yanked back up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you harsh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It yeah, to say the least. But I used to laugh about it. Uh you know, it and it's that. It's it's the way you look at it. It's the way that you approach those situations. You know, I used to laugh about it. I used to think it was fun. I used to laugh at the fact that it was so hard for able-bodied people yeah. because I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. I, I was just thinking as well about what you were saying about the hill. And it's like stuck in my mind, that sand hill. Because that happened when you were a kid. Years have gone by, obviously. But I look around and it's 2021. There have been people in wheelchairs, there's been people that are blind, people like myself who seem very able-bodied and usually are, but then we have the days that we can't do things. Yep. So why haven't we made so changes? Um, I think it was you that pointed out or somebody else, and I've seen this myself now that it's COVID-19, a lot of the wheelchair parking spaces are no longer wheelchair parking spaces, they're for curbside pickups. And you brought that to my attention. So now when I go to grocery stores and everything, I take a look. And I've noticed it and it kind of makes me angry because the stores are technically a lot of them are still open. Yeah. So you obviously still need to go and pick up your groceries or pick up whatever. So are they now expecting because others have limitations with their picking up groceries, now they're expecting you to park further away and roll. Like I don't understand it. Why all of a sudden did they take it's you know, it's interesting because I that was the question I posed, is why is this justifiable? Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't do this with regular parking spaces. Yeah. You chose the ones closest. And that was, that, that was the thing that irked me the most, was it was the ones that were closest to the front of the parking lot closest to the door and the end of that aisle it would have been one thing had they chosen the front aisle which goes the whole width or length of the parking lot and the spaces were in the middle yes but they were the first five mm -hmm. you know uh and it it is it's i think it is more noticeable now during covid and quarantine and all of those things and it's taken for granted yeah oh there aren't as many people out so it won't be as needed because you know only a few people use them in normal time anyways which is the mental capacity that makes me crazy so those two people don't matter right <laughs> that's the message you're sending in and that that has been a big thing for me as well is how we have segmented mm -hmm. worth yes. and justification and the access to equal. It should be a straight line, mm -hmm. like in 
everything in work, in education, in public access, in whatever, fill in the blank. <coughs> and I think that that equal line as well, like in order to get that equal line in my mind, it means that some people are gonna to need to be helped more than others because some are closer to that line already. Whereas some people need that extra boost up. That's right. I don't think there's anything wrong. Like in my eyes, there's nothing wrong with that. Equal doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to give you a dollar and I'm going to give you a dollar and bring you both up to one dollar. No, the person started might have had 50 cents already, whereas this yeah. person had two cents. So you got to, right. you know what I mean? Exactly. Like that everyone thinks about that. They just see equal as giving both a dollar, right? Yeah. I didn't use money because it was an easy example, but it can go anywhere, right? Right, right. No, and I think that that is, you know, that is true. That is ever present in our education system. Yes. Um, you know, that here are the resources and divide them up as you see fit because you get as much resources as this district over here. But that's not the way it trickles out. No. You know, um, so I, I definitely think that it, we need to readjust our thought process and our mindsets, mm -hmm. you know, around, around people, around this idea that we all have an effect on each other. Whether you want to admit it or not, the things we say, the things we do, the choices we make all have a trickle out effect. I don't like to say a trickle up or a trickle down effect because I don't, I don't believe in that. Yeah, it's a trickle out effect. You know, um, and it, it's funny that we're talking about <coughs> ad, advocating and advocacy because. <clears throat> I think in the stories that I've told so far, you know, they've been about that. They've been about the ways that I've brought attention to things that often get overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the thing that we need more of. You know, we need to be more mindful of that idea that we do all have an effect on each other and we need to start teaching the concept of looking around your situation and pointing out things that can be done better, whether they affect you or not. Mm -hmm. It seems like we've gotten to a point where we no longer recognize injustice. Yes. So. We no longer recognize hardship of other. And I think that's a shame. It's sad. And I kind of feel like it's because it's so uh, prevalent and it's so, we see it that we've now like become numb to it. It's kind of like when yeah. I was working in the hospice, I saw so much stuff. I'm just going to say stuff and leave it at that, that I became desensitized. And it's not that I didn't care. It's just that it was it's the way it was. And I feel like that's how it's becoming for a lot of people. So I almost feel like it starts with 
our it's gonna it's gonna be our kids now or kids that we have to kind of educate. So I have a question for you, but I'm gonna preface it with a little quick little snippet story. Okay. I was out and this was probably a couple of years ago and I was out in the summer and walking around and all that. And a little girl came up to me, said hello, said hello to her and she started to rub my arm. And this was before I had my tattoos. So this was probably about seven or eight years ago. Oh, nice. And I didn't know what she was doing. At first I thought she was just being nice and saying hello. But then I realized she said dirty. She was trying to get the dirt off my skin. Oh no. Now I'm not offended because this little girl clearly had not been around people of color, but right. in her mind, she's helping me. She's just trying right. to get this dirt the way her mother did. Yeah. My mom's reaction was to grab the child, give her a little shake and be like, never do that. So now when I turned to the girl and talked to her, she was afraid of me. Like she yeah. just didn't want to know me anymore. She felt and shame. She felt shamed. And so I kind of said, no, 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 it's okay. I said, yes. And so I explained about the pigment and melanin and all that kind of stuff. And she was so into it, like listening. I don't think she understood the words that I was she saying. She didn't know the words, yeah. But it was just the fact that I was explaining it. She was like, oh yeah, she wanted to learn more. Yeah. So I kind of said to her mom, if this ever happens again, nothing against you. I know that why you reacted the way you reacted because you didn't want to get in any trouble but just explain it calmly. And she kind of thanked me and said, okay, I'm really sorry. And I said, don't even apologize. Your daughter's inquisitive and that's the way kids are. So my question to you is when it comes to being in a wheelchair, if someone see, how do you teach your kids or what tips could you give us on educating our kids so that they don't act the way we adults do right now with blinders on or accepting whatever is going on? Let your kids ask. Yeah. Your kids are innocent. Let them ask. I like that. I'll tell you a really funny story that will demonstrate this. Okay. Again, I was a preschool teacher for 14 years. Okay. But even before that, something clicked in my brain and I came up with this way to explain my actual birth defect to kids my own age. Okay. It's complicated. It's medically jargony. Blech. It, it's, it's not easy to talk about. Yeah. But the way I reduced it down was this. When kids would ask me what was wrong, or what I hear even now a lot is why my legs are broken, mm -hmm. which is like gets broken. me in a whole nother way. Cause it's like, oh, my legs are broken, but that's the easy way to understand it. So that's fine. What I started to tell them is, well, see, here's the thing. When I was young, I didn't eat my fruits and vegetables like I was supposed to. So my muscles and my bones didn't grow big and strong. And so now that I'm older, I have to use a wheelchair to get around. Mm -hmm. And that clicks in kids' brains. So you don't have to get into, you know, how when I was born, uh, my spine was exposed and, you know, they had to close it up. You don't have to get into all that medical ickiness, you know, which does create a horrible mental picture but you can talk about something that kids can relate to oh 
she didn't eat healthy food when she was little and so she didn't grow big and strong yikes veggies <laughs> eat those veggies eat those fruit yeah you know um and so that's kind of just how I always handled it and then it <laughs> it became a joke as I got older like it it was a thing to lighten the mood when a parent would have that reaction that you just talked about mm-hmm. in public. Yes. And this telling that story became about the parent, not about the child. Mm-hmm. Because what that reaction is, is shame. Of, oh my goodness, why did my child say that? You know. Because she's a child. <laughs> right. Right. And the reason why we go to shame in situations like that is because of our own personal baggage, our own personal judgments, our own personal biases. I could go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And so if we can personally as adults come to terms and be more open and non-judgmental and all of these things, then the kids in our lives will see that and will readjust the way that they react in whatever the situation is, you know, whether it's someone with brown skin or it's someone in a wheelchair or someone who wears glasses or a wide range, like there's a million. Right. We're all different. Someone who has crazy tattoos. Right. Like, (laughs) You told that story and the first thing I thought of when was that it was recent because of the tattoos. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to say she was trying to scrub the tattoos off of you or something like that, which would be funny. That's a whole other story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you have plenty of, but it's, it, you know, from the time you and I met and we started talking about what you actually do. I, I, every time I think of you, I think of this. We need to become more okay, more secure in being willing to tell our stories. Yes, that is 100% what I want. Yes. Yes, because through our stories, we can connect with each other. We can empathize. We may not ever fully understand what it's like to be someone else. Listen, I will never fully understand what it is like to be a black woman with tattoos who does mixed martial arts (laughs) and all of the crazy things you've told me about yourself. I'm never going to understand what any of that is like. But I, I can understand I can, being in a wheelchair and I wouldn't right. understand the hardships that come from it. I can emphasize and try to see through your eyes, but I'll never know those feelings and the actual experiences, right? Exactly. You beat me to it. Yes, that's word for word <laughs> what I was going to say. We can connect to yeah. each other's emotions, needs, experiences, and change our perceptions from our own lives because of it exactly exactly and we only have a few more minutes left but for me like talking to you I don't know a lot of people in wheelchairs 
And I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been around a lot of people working in different medical situations, but mm-hmm. I don't personally know anybody. So your openness, and I ask a lot of questions because I do like to know the full story, and I do like like I want to understand. So that's why oh, I ask a lot of questions. So you being willing to answer them honestly and with examples, I know I sit here half the time just staring, but it's because I'm like, okay, I'm like watching it through your eyes and experience, and then I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Because now when my daughter's growing up and I'm sure she's going to meet children and adults in wheelchairs and she will, <laughs> she will. I definitely. certainly hope so. She's able to ask these questions and I can answer not from my perspective or my experience, but from the experience of somebody that's been through it. So I know it's yep. a truthful answer. And yes. I feel like people fear asking these questions because they don't want to offend or they don't want to be rude. You can preface it in such a way where it's, you know what, I have a question and I'm, I'm sorry if this offends you. Can I ask it? If the other person says no, I wrap them, the answer is no. No way. Um, right. Because they're just not comfortable sharing their experience or their story. Yeah. It's funny because I have never held back yeah. my experience or my story or like, I know what I look like when I roll into a room. Like, yep. I am the elephant. So be it. Yeah. You know? It's interesting because so when I was pregnant, I was on bed rest, but I don't do bed rest very well. So I decided to go to a convention, but I used a wheelchair. Okay. Now, I thought I knew, like, going in, and I hadn't met you yet. So going in, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be sitting in a wheelchair. My wife will put It'll be fine. I didn't anticipate the amount of roadblocks and issues and eyes staring at me and not being able to get into the bathroom. And like, that was what shook me and was like, holy crap. I had, like, I thought I had an idea. I had no idea. Experiencing it myself and like, just how tired my arms got. I work out like, and I do all the crazy things that I do. And I'm like, I got I did not have that. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It's one of the Yeah, it's it's a different muscle set. Yeah. 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 And it's a Absolutely. mindset. By the end of the convention, we left early because I felt crappy. Everybody was staring at me. And I know they weren't all judgment eyes, but it was, oh, we got to move for the person in the wheelchair. Oh, we got him. And I felt like I could feel the feelings more than I could see it on people's faces. And I was like, now imagine being a person who deals with that shit every day. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I disclosure I mean I have my judgments too we all do there is no bigger poker stick to poke me with than to see a person I love you dearly Mm -hmm. but like yourself park in a handicapped parking space in the front of the parking lot and get your little batuti out and walk across the parking lot in front of me so As I'm struggling to get out of my car with my chair. Like, what? Yeah. What are you? Do-, do you not see me sitting here? Like, that's one of my hangups. But you're right. Yep. You don't know. Now, I could get into a whole nother soapbox about how, you know, there needs to be sections and there needs to be different delegations because I don't consider you physically handicapped. No. I don't. 
you have a struggle, you have a challenge. Yeah. But it's it's, it's different. Totally different. It is different. It's different. I need the space, the width space, mm -hmm. to get my equipment out. And you know, I don't think people realize that because I, and I saw this amazing video, which I will send to you later, okay. about this lady explaining why the, the handicapped spots are so wide. Because somebody was arguing, it's just a car, da da da. And I don't think people realize the way the doors open, the way the ramps come out, the way like you need to be able to maneuver. So yeah. now when I'm in public and I see someone park and the line's here and they've parked right on the line, I've actually said, you know, you might want to move over because if somebody hits your car because they're trying to get out, it's not on the person trying to get out. And usually yeah. people are like, oh, I didn't. And they just, it's just not in your They don't mind. think about it. Yeah. 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 And we I don't. didn't first. Yeah. Right. Right, because it doesn't affect you. Exactly. It doesn't. It should. Um, imagine the way the world would be different mm -hmm. if we could change that one mental program. It'd be, I think a lot of issues would be solved. Oh, my goodness, would they? Yeah. And again they would be changed because of empathy yes. because we would reprogram ourselves for empathy mm -hmm. not for oh i'm never going to use you know this space or i'm never going to park in you know the front of a parking lot ever again or but being mindful of who's around you exactly. and the effect that your behavior has on someone else I could get into another story about yeah there's a million about, honestly about my retail experience but i don't know if you have time for that so we don't but i'm gonna have you back on again i've just decided yeah. i hope you're okay with that because there's yeah. a lot more we could talk about and i think people will benefit from hearing this not only just yeah. not just to listen but like to just open their eyes now and i'm hoping anyone that actually listens to this and watches this podcast that when they're out in public little things start to change. And I do believe it starts with the little things and branches out, branches out from there. And that's well, Right. And I think one of the things that I hope too, that people will take from it is if you are a parent and your child is a friendly child, mm -hmm. let them be a friendly child for Pete's sake. Yeah. Like it's okay. They're a child. Yes. You know, it's a lot different when your child is staring at someone mm -hmm. than you being caught staring at someone. You have you know knowledge. better. Yeah. They don't. They want to ask. You're probably having judgmental thoughts. They want to learn. Mm -hmm. Let them ask. Exactly. Let them approach. You know and. That comes back on those of us who are different also, whether it's because of the color of your skin or the fact that you wear braids in your hair or you roll around in a wheelchair or you walk with a, a blind walking stick or whatever. Mm -hmm. To be open to especially little kids, mm -hmm. you know, not being offended when someone wants to ask, so long as they ask in a respectful way. Yes. Respect is huge. And I yes. almost feel like people are showing when they ask in that respectful way, 
the fact that you asked me the question, I feel like that's a level of respect in itself. Like, yes. you oh. to know something about, you know what I mean? So yes. this is amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. We have like two minutes left. Is there anything that you want to sum up and leave people thinking about until you come back again? <laughs> I think that's it, you know, for, for this episode of it, I think that's it is let kids ask, encourage them to be curious, you know, um, but also be mindful, Uh, be mindful of how your behavior affects other people and how you're showing up. I, I think it is the thing to leave people with, which will also leave a, a doorway to, uh, continue. And you'll have to remind me next time to tell the retail story. I'll know what that means. I will definitely tell you that. Thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you to all the listeners that are listening. So Teresa's information is either above or below in the comments, wherever it is on your page. Please feel free to check out our website and reach out to her if you have questions. I'm sure she'd be happy to answer you and check out her podcast and her other little pieces that she's put out there to educate us. Bye for now.